0: Rudy Ricksteins is a leader called upon by leaders. Awarded top five coach by Thrive Global alongside Tony Robbins and Jim Quick and honored by Business Insider as a top 20 thought leader in 2021 alongside Deepak Chopra and Joe Dispenza. Rudy has consulted and coached startup entrepreneurs creatives, public figures, all the way through to billionaire CEOs on living more intentional, purposeful lives. Rudy is also the co-founder of the Empowered Life Podcast, a virtual platform educating the world how to tap into their personal power, align with their purpose and create ease, joy and success in their lives through spiritual awakening and self-mastery.
1: Rudy, my man, you're very welcome to the Modern Warrior podcast, and it is an honor to have you here. I have been admiring your good work for a bit of time now, and I knew once I came across your social media platform and dived into a bit more of the work you did and do, I knew you were the right type of guest for this for this podcast. And I know you've got tons of value to share with the audience today. So I'm buzzing to begin this conversation with you. And you've had a lot going on. Um, you have had a lot that's happened to you in your past that's influenced the type of person you have become today and the type of work you do today. And that's where I like to begin these conversations. I like to go back and try to understand your greatest influences from the past that's brought you to the point you're at today that inspires you to do the do this type of work you do today. So can you give us a bit of insight as to as to those um impactful moments or experiences in the past that have that have brought you here?
2: you know, I think that every single moment is adding up to who we get to become. And so I want to acknowledge the moment we're in right now and the fact that we're on this podcast and on this platform. And I know for how many months it's taken for you and I to align our busy schedules to get to do this today. And so I want to start off just by saying thank you. I want to honor you and I want to honor your audience for listening to this podcast. I like to celebrate greatness And anybody that is investing in themselves, which is listening to a podcast, reading a book, taking a program, hiring a coach, doing something different, a workout, a health regime, whatever it is that we're doing, it's adding into the person that we get to become. And you asked such a beautiful question because, you know, my inspirations in life were my life lessons and my life lessons were served to me on a beautiful platter that at a time didn't feel so good. They didn't feel so beautiful. They didn't feel like they were so beautifully, divinely orchestrated to bring me to where I am today. But with hindsight and looking back, I can see how everything was so perfectly preparing what my life gets to look like. And I'm going to answer the question in a moment, but I want every single person listening to this today to be listening not to my story, not to what brought me to where I am today, but instead asking themselves, What is it that they're going through right now that if they could take a shift in the perspective of what they're experiencing right now, that feels hard, that feels difficult and connect to a potential possibility of how that could be the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. There's the value in all the stories because every single moment in our life is preparing us for who we get to become. Every single moment is another opportunity for us to gain a level of awareness, another level of understanding to bring us somewhere. And I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm absolutely speaking for me when I say I believe in a higher power, a power that is so big, so bold, so great that it's perfect. And that means by extension, everything I've ever gone through, the good times and the bad times have to have meaning. They have to have value. And if they have meaning and value, then I can assign a different emotion to them. And so I had a lot of things that happened in my childhood that you could describe as difficult or as painful and Today, looking back, I can see the value and the meaning in what was that pain then, and I no longer have pain associated to some very difficult times. I actually have fondness for some of my most difficult times because the work I do today is to help and support and inspire people to live their greatest expressions of their life. I support people to overcome what has been their traumas, their setbacks, and to use those to catapult themselves to living a life of power, abundance, freedom, and joy, and just to be absolutely dominant in who they came here to be, because we all came here to be something very, very specific. But those moments in our past have held us back. Those moments in our past have defined us. And for many of us, they defined us for such a long period of time that we identified with that scenario, and it held us back. So we stopped being who we came here to be because we were anchored in the emotion of that one situation or that one circumstance, and I had many, you know, I went to school and seven years old, a teacher called me stupid and named me stupid in front of the whole classroom and put a dunce's hat on my head and said, you're the stupid kid. And you sit in the stupid chair. And in that moment, I defined myself as stupid. I identified the look of scary angst in everyone's face thinking, holy crap, I don't want to be that guy with that's what stupid looks like. And then the teacher Who was in her seventies at the time. And I just looked at her like this is the pillar of what a teacher is. You know, this person has to be smart. I mean, she teaches children, and I didn't know I was stupid, but she must know what stupid looks like because she called me stupid. And then she gave me a hat that made me look stupid. And you can hear that story and think, oh, well, many kids have been called stupid or dumb or silly or not enough or unworthy. And then they moved on. But that moment was so self defining for me because. Up until that point, I was just a kid, a happy-go-lucky kid, middle-class, lower-middle-class family, loving mom and dad, older brother, younger baby brother, and life was good. Friends, you know, trees, parks, tree houses, bicycles. My life was really good. And then in an instant, I stopped and I identified as, oh, hang on a minute. You're stupid. How does a stupid person act in this moment? How does a stupid person feel in this moment? And so every single day from that day moving forward, I viewed everything from that lens. So when a new kid came into the school, my assumption was they're not going to want to be my friend because I'm stupid. They're not going to like me for who I am because I'm stupid. When there was a question asked in the classroom and we were to raise our hands before answering, I would have the answer in my head, but I would never raise my hand because, well, I'm stupid and I would have the wrong answer. And no matter how many times I had the right answer or the correct response in my head, I still filtered it through, oh, well, that was lucky because you're stupid. I never studied. I never did homework. I never showed up. I was the class clown. I say this as many times as I can because I think people can resonate with this, but I went through my entire school career as the joker and the clown trying to be the chameleon of what I thought everybody wanted me to be because I didn't know who I was because I filtered everything through the lens of being stupid. And that's one story. I can tell you stories of having a gun put to my head multiple times. I can tell you of sexual abuse from an older female cousin. I can tell you about being beaten up. I can, you know, and we can go through because every every single person listening has their story. And your story is as intense as anybody else's story is. The point is, every one of these moments that have transpired in my life have prepared me to not only understand what it looks like and it feels like to live a life where you think you're stupid, where you act stupid, and to make decisions from a vantage point for years almost 20 years of somebody who you think is stupid, and then start to question that, and then start to take action as somebody who's maybe not stupid, and then to realize you're actually smart, wicked smart, and then you can really do something in business, in life, and then you become successful, and then you teach other people disciplines, and then along the journey, you meet someone, and lo and behold, They think they're stupid, and you're qualified to support them to realize that they're brilliant and they're magnificent. And you know, I had mentioned sexual trauma or sexual abuse as a child, and it was such a small moment. It was literally two weeks of my life, but it defined a large portion of what my life looked like. But today, I work with more than 60% of the people that I work with have suffered some form of sexual trauma. And mine is not equal to or the same as theirs in any way, shape, or form. But I can still, through that experience of what I went through, relate to so many of these people, to connect to people in the pain that they have and support them to be able to move forward. And so for years where I was shameful about something that happened or embarrassed about the person I was or how I acted, I can confidently sit back today and say, man, I was so beautifully prepared for the person that I am today.
1: How did you navigate that in your later years because to someone else who's gone through those traumatic experiences in their life especially their early childhood you're sort of left with two choices or two different directions aren't you i mean there's there's men who are locked up in jail haven't gone through something similar as you've gone through the the trauma and the and and all of those painful experiences from the past where they see everyone as their enemy and see the world as a as a mean, ugly place. But then there's you who's been able to flip that around and you've used it as power, as strength to not only inspire yourself to become a, a better version of you, but also to inspire others to become the best they can be. So have you been able to identify why you went this direction and how you potentially avoided the, the other direction
2: so i want to make sure that we don't discredit the journey of any single human being's experience and so you mentioned that you know there's probably a guy that's had a similar experience to me somewhere out in the world i don't know him you don't know him but he exists and he's sitting in jail and he made wrong choices because he stayed feeling like a victim and angry and resentful and and that led him down a certain path, right? And then you have another person, and let's call that person Rudy, and he became somebody who leads and inspires people to live their highest and their greatest potential. I believe every single person has come here uniquely to experience and express themselves individually. And that means no one person's path is the same. So my path means that at a certain point, I reached a certain level of awareness or understanding where I took accountability for who I am, how I feel, what my life looks like. And then I purposefully, carefully, calculatedly began to start living the life I wanted to live. Somebody who is in jail right now, maybe even listening to this podcast, they've been resentful, angry, frustrated. They've made some really poor choices. They've put themselves in a position where they would rather not be, but that's where they are. They're there because there's value for them being there. There's meaning in where they're at. And I don't mean, well, good for you that you're there. You should be there. I don't mean that. I mean, because you're there, because you're listening to this podcast, because I'm on this podcast, there's value for me for being here. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. There's value for you. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. Anyone listening, there's value for them to listen because they're listening. And if it wasn't for them, they wouldn't have found it. And so in every moment, every single moment, there's value and there's meaning. And it's a significantly bigger force that's orchestrating the flow and the perfect divinity in every single moment. And I'm not talking, you know, religion here. I'm just talking spiritual awareness that in every moment we are being called to become who we came here to be. I have a friend who was sentenced to a life in prison, ended up serving seven years uh, for attempted murder, and he was actually innocent. And in his story of going into prison, feeling like a victim, being angry at the world, realizing that where he was, was the perfect place for him because it gave him time to pause. It gave him time to think. It gave him time to reflect. It gave him time to study, get a college degree, become sober. He started making very different choices. And while he was in prison, he started coaching and motivating and sponsoring and supporting and working out. And today the guy's a boss, man. And he goes out in the world proudly and boldly telling everybody about his incredible story and how prison served to support him in becoming the best version of himself. And so everybody's point of where they need to reach is is based on their journey and where they're going. But we sit on the sidelines and judge a person's progress because we just see it as one single linear path. And it's not the case. So regardless of where you are, regardless of what you've gone through, regardless of how far or not how far you are, you're on your own journey. And this is the race that you're in with only you. You're not in competition with anybody else. And so the best time to make the next best choice or the next best decision or to pick the next best feeling or the next best thought is right now. So you asked a very good question. I want to give you the answer to the question. For anybody who wants to create a shift in their life, meaning they've got to a certain place and they're not happy with where they're at, I call that feedback. I look at my life that everything that is in my life right now is feedback. If my kids come in the front door And they've just come home from school and they don't run in automatically jump on me say hi daddy daddy hi hi missed you that's feedback i'm not treating them the way that makes them want to come and jump on me and hug me and love me i don't turn around and think well what's wrong with my kids that they don't come up and hug me and love me that's just feedback that's information so i can take that information and do something different with it if i say something to my wife and my wife turns around and says wow man that really hurt my feelings like the way you said that to me In that moment, I can stay in that mood, and I can do it again, and I can stand my position. Or I could say, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to say that, and how could I not say that again? So I could clarify, what is it that I did? What is it that I said? So that I never repeat it again, because I never want to make you feel that way. Or if I'm in my life right now, and I look at my bank account, and there's no money in that account, and I'm like, man, this life sucks, there's no money, that's a great place to start, because the no money in your bank account is telling you something. And it's not telling you that you don't have money. It's telling you that you don't believe that you're worth money. It's telling you that you don't believe that money is like air and it comes to you and it flows to you and through you. And that the more money you have, the more money you can give. And the more money you give, the more money you're going to get. And that money can come from anywhere and any idea at any time. And it's just a belief. And that when you believe something, then you start to see the physical manifestations of what you believe all around you in every area and every facet of your life. But that starts with how you think and how you feel and so for me i had to start stacking evidence of what was working in my life my journey started at 25 years old when i sat back and thought man i've achieved all the success i have more than a million in the bank i have a loft department i have three businesses i have 30 employees i've, I've created all of this but at my almost 26th birthday i sat there thinking I'm still a dunce sitting on a dunce's chair. I still feel like the stupid kid. How am I still the stupid kid? And here I'd done all the things I thought would make me feel like the man, and I still felt like the little broken boy. So I sat there and wrote out a list of everything that I was proud of, of anything I'd ever done. Man, I finished school. I didn't even open a book. I finished school and I passed. I didn't do well, but I passed, and I didn't open a book. So if I didn't open a book and I passed, I cannot be stupid. I have three companies. Not anymore, but at the time I did. I had three companies. I couldn't be stupid if I owned three companies. I had 30 employees that looked to me for a paycheck. I was feeding families. Couldn't be stupid. Then I would look at all different areas of my life and lo and behold, man, I started seeing this picture come together. My friends, they all treated me like garbage. They would steal money from me. They'd come to me and say, man, I need 30 grand. Man, I need five grand. Oh man, I need 2,000. I'll give it back and I would never see the money again. There would be these girlfriends that would come in and out of my life. The names would change, the hair color, the size, the shape, but man, they were the same. They would treat me like crap. They would cheat on me. They would talk down on me. And the only common theme in all of that was I put up with it. I tolerated it. I allowed it. And so when I started stacking all of this evidence on a piece of paper, today we can call it journaling. And so many guys are going to hear this and say, I'm not going to journal. Journaling is not not for guys. I wrote down all of what my life represented. And I sat there and I could look at it on black and white. And staring at it, I could say, man, you know what really is working? My business is working. You know what's working? My bank account's working. You know what's not working? My health. I gotta fix my health. I'm not investing in my future. At this rate, I'm not gonna live to 100, right? What about my relationships? Man, my relationships have to change. So I started culling friends. I was like, this is not the quality friend that I need, that I deserve, that I want. And in that process of deciding what did my life look like and not looking at it with emotion, not anger, not resentment, facts. Because I allowed all of it to happen. I tolerated all of it. I accepted that. That was my minimum expectation. Then I took the same paper and I turned it over. And I wrote down what's my new expectation. Well, my new expectation is to date somebody who's going to love me, to date someone who's going to respect me, to date somebody who's going to see me, value me, appreciate me, and support me. Well, wow, that just canceled out almost all of the goals that I was hanging around at the time. Then I did the same with my friend list. Then I did the same with employees. I did the same with companies. And then I changed every single area of my life. And the more I did that, the more I started to level up my belief in what I was worth. And here's the knock-on effect. All of a sudden, a friend says, hey, man, I want to see you. Why don't you come and see me? Why don't you pay to fly to come to me, to come to my place? And then we can go and do this thing. And if you want... Why don't you book a hotel at this place and we'll go skiing. And I noticed the pattern. It was Rudy pay to fly, Rudy book a hotel, Rudy do all these things. And then they come along for the ride. And so I said, I'd love to see you, but you need to come to see me. And if you don't want to come down to see me, then that's okay. But then we're done. And that's it. Never saw the guy ever again. And and that was a powerful lesson for me because I realized as much as we enjoyed each other's company, He was there for the money. He wasn't there for me. And so we changed the relationship so it changed the friendship. But the beautiful thing happened. New friends came in. New friends came in that valued me, saw me and appreciated me. The next time I dated a girl that cheated on me, the very first sign that there was going to be anything inappropriate, I just said, hey man, that's not going to work for me. Like I understand if that's how it was in the past for you or whatever the situation, but that's not going to work for me. So the relationship changed. She actually leveled up the relationship and then I realized this isn't even the person I want to be with. So why am, I, why am I making this fit into this box? And so I then met the love of my life. And today I have the most incredible relationship. And my wife is the example of what does a relationship look like when you can have the perfect person to support you, encourage you, love you, see you for who you are, and you give them back everything that they give you tenfold. And I don't know that I would have had that. I don't know if I'd have the friendships I have today. I don't know if I'd have the business I have today. I don't know if I'd have the insight to be able to go into billion dollar companies and support them to grow, to go to individuals who have been lonely, single, and be in their thirties and have no money and help them to achieve success and to find love and to all these little things. If I didn't have the plethora of experience that I had in knowing what it felt like to not feel good enough or worthy in any of those categories... And then being able to take steps to to change and create that shift or that change. And so the answer is simple. Take it a pen and a paper, sit with yourself and write out the facts. What is your life doing right now? And don't color code it. You've got to put it down in black and white. Is it working? Is it not working? Rate it one through 10. How is this working for me? Is my health right now a one or is it a 10? Is my relationship a two? Is it an eight? and you've got to put it down. And then the next thing is, what can I do to change that? And at the back of that paper is, who do I want to be? Because if I can turn that over and say, I want to be this person in these relationships and feel like this and do this, then a lot of what's on that first side of that paper is going to have to change.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very useful exercise. And it's, it's actually something similar that I use for a lot of the guys that I mentor. It's uh, it's called uh, A self fulfillment form, and there's 22 different areas of their life that I encourage them to rate from 1 to 10, being completely honest with themselves. Career, health, physical appearance, confidence, all those areas, relationships. And it's really what you're encouraging them to do is evaluate their life right now and identify the areas that they need to work on. And there's perhaps some areas that they're doing quite well and such as yourself you had your your finances in place but your health was falling apart and you took corrective action on that to improve it and yeah those are all great exercises useful exercises and it it's all about bringing that power back to the individual i feel why do so many men feel powerless today though
2: i don't think that that's tied to men I think people feel powerless. And, you know, we express it as men differently than women do. But the answer to the question is really this. Most of the people that I come into contact with every single day believe that the thing that they want, that if they achieved it, would make them feel full, would make them feel whole, would make them feel happy, would make them feel strong, abundance, courageous, whatever that is. And the problem with that is we can chase that thing. For me, in my early 20s, it was money, right? Or oh, if I create money, I'm going to be powerful. I'm going to be strong. and be courageous. I'm going to be lovable. I'm going to be perfect. And then I go out and I achieve and I achieve. And then I come back and I realize, oh my God, like I still feel like that, that worthless, stupid kid. And the money didn't fill that feeling. Because I placed my value outside of me, You know, my podcast is called The Empowered Life, Empowered with an I-N, not empowered, because being empowered means an external force has given you motivation. Whereas I believe, and my wife, my co-host, we believe that at The Empowered Life podcast, the power lies within you. Every single thing that you want to have, be, do, and or achieve already resides in you. And yes, you can achieve the external. We support people to grow businesses. We support people to achieve and have tremendous life success. But those things add to who you become. Those things are complementary. And if you're looking outside of it, you're never going to fill it. You're never going to get it. And it's going to be the next thing, the next mountain, the next achievement that you have to get to. And I talk to some of the most incredible people in the world, some of the greatest athletes in the world, the people that have achieved things that that 1% of the population have even attempted. And they were the best in the world at what they do. And my question for them is always this what happened when you achieved that final thing, when you got the whole, you know, bang in the bag and you're number one? They said, Oh, I was depressed because I had no value, I had no meaning, I had no purpose. I went into a deep dark hole. And then the journey begins. And so they think, oh, you know, climbing the highest peak, running that final race, achieving that last lap, that's gonna take them to the thing that's gonna fulfill them and make them feel. The way that they're going for, which is strong or courageous, or abundant or brave. And then they do that thing, and then they realize they still feel like that little person that was chasing that goal. And now the journey is only beginning because now their vantage point is: man, I've done the impossible to fill me and it didn't fall. I've achieved everything outside of me to get to where I'm going to. Where, where do I have to go next? And the only place next is inward. And if you go in you and connect to the, th- the flow and the force that created you, the flow and the force that is flowing to you and through you, to the brilliance, and the divinity of everything that is around you, then you realize you've never been weak. You've never been broken. You've never been in lack. You're only connected to anything and everything that ever is, ever was, and will ever be. And from that vantage point, how can you feel anything but possibility, positiveness, courageousness, Because there's this beautiful, powerful force that's bringing you to where you are right now and you're connected to it. You are it. If I'm going to be clear, you are the force. And if you're the force, you can have, be, and do and create anything. And so from that vantage point, what if you're not trying to fill this void? Now the question is, who are you meant to be? And what are you meant to do? And so if we look back on your life experience, and this is for every listener, if we look back in your life experience, every single seemingly insignificant moment that has ever transpired that led you to where you are now, positive and negative, and we add them all up, the totality of them, produce thoughts and feelings inside your mind and in your body. Those thoughts and feelings drove every single one of the behaviors, the reactions to how you responded to life and circumstance. And now you are where you are. What are you most qualified to do? who are you most qualified to be? And then if you did what you were most qualified to be, and it impacted people around you, now you're living your purpose. So if you're teaching men to be brave, to be strong, to be powerful, to be courageous, tell them to give all of themselves every day in every single way to everyone that they can. And they're going to feel the most fulfilled, the most joyful, the most courageous, the most abundant, and it is the bravest thing that you can do. You know, when we got on the podcast today, the first thing you said to me was, man, I'm just looking forward to having an incredible conversation with you, grounded in vulnerability and just two guys, you know, really getting to the to the, the bottom of it, the thick of it. That takes courage. That takes bravery. 25-year-old Rudy on your podcast would have lied the whole way through because you would have said, how are you? And I've been like, yeah, man, I'm pretty awesome. You know, my life's great, you know, and I probably would have told you what car I was driving or what jeans I was wearing because I was trying to do everything that I thought would fill that hole. But to be vulnerable, to tell the truth, to be courageous, to tell people you're still scared, you still get nervous, you still get anxious, you still feel stupid. Man, I was on stage three weeks ago with Brendan Burchard, Erwin McManus, some of the biggest... I mean, I used to read these guys' books and watch their presentations on stage 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And now I'm on stage with these guys. And before I walk out, the first thought that goes through my mind is, man, you're the stupid kid. What the hell are you going to say? What are you going to add on that stage that they haven't already added? Literally, my opening sentence when I walked out on stage was, Wow. Man, all week I've been thinking, what am I going to add on this stage that these incredible geniuses haven't already said? And I just stood there and I looked at this room. And the point I'm making is you're not going to stop feeling stupid. You're not going to stop feeling weak. You're not going to stop feeling insecure enough. The difference is how long do you stay there? And if you don't stay in that state and you decide, am I stupid? Am I dumb? Am I not enough? Am I whatever, whatever? And you change it and you go, well, actually, maybe I'm not. Look where I am. What if I can add value? What value can I add? And then you start adding that value. It takes a very different course, a very different direction. You make very different decisions and so you produce very different results.
1: Knowing is not enough often though, isn't it? When we know what we need to do and you've written down, you've evaluated your life, you want to change your course direction to become this new, improved, better version of yourself, the empowered version. And then you wake up the next morning and you are nothing changes you you're perhaps overwhelmed by the the steps you need to take so how can we help someone navigate the the difficulties of actually putting this into action
2: you said that beautifully because it's not enough to know it's now a time where you have to know how and that comes from one of my greatest spiritual teachers, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and he talks about a lot, the value in needing to know how to live the life that you want to live. And I'm going to say this in response to your question, and I'm prefacing because the answer is so profound and yet so profoundly simple that so many people are going to skip it. And the majority of people are running around the world right now, unconscious, unconscious, And this is not a conspiracy podcast. This isn't a a woo-woo joke. This is just downright science. 95% of every single thing that every single person does over the age of 35 is an automated program, a program that was formulated before the age of seven. And so you were responding, unless you do the work, you were responding to a program of how you thought and felt and what decisions you made before the age of seven. Now, the important fact here is, under the age of seven, every single child's brain is in the developmental stage. And so the brain doesn't have the ability to process rational, logical thoughts. So all information is absorbed into the brain as a fact. So your father says children should be seen and not heard. And you process that as I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy. And in that moment, that becomes the fact. So your brain fires a, a neurological pathway, creates a roadmap, a plan of every time an authority figure, a loving figure, a person that's your rock and your stability tells you you're not good enough, you're not worthy. You could be here, but you need to be quiet. I don't even want to hear you. I can see you if I have to, but I don't want to hear you. And you don't intellectually understand that, but you process that as the people that are supposed to support me don't love me. People that are supposed to support me are going to let me down. I'm in a dangerous and scary place. And so you grow up like that. Fast forward, you're in a marriage and all of a sudden your brain says to you, the people that are supposed to love, you're gonna let you down. And so your brain is now looking at life from the lens of in any moment, I could be you know, taken advantage of, I could be kicked out, I could be ridiculed, my heart could be broken. And so the brain fires all of these neurological networks and they repeat them anywhere from 30,000 to 50,000 times a day, triggering old memories of every single time you had an experience with heightened emotion. The way that the brain retains information is through heightened emotion. And so if you had a positive day or a negative day, you're going to remember that. And then the brain's going to play it on a loop over and over again. Then when something happens in your every day, a bus comes too close to you, a man shouts you know, on the bus that you're sitting on, whatever the situation that's happening in your life, and immediately your brain says, that's like the last time that happened. And it creates a string of every time something similar happened, And then it dumps a chemical into your body to tell your body how to react or respond to what you intellectually understood. And so the information that went into your body is emotion. And that emotion is the world is scary. It's a dark and dangerous place. Money doesn't grow on trees. You're not good enough. You're not worthy. You're dumb. You're a dunce. And whatever those emotions are, dump into the body. And then you have that emotion in your body so many times throughout a day, 30 to 50,000 times it's dumping these chemicals into your body. And what are the dominant chemicals being dumped? What are the dominant emotions you're feeling? You identify with that. So then you become a person that is scared or anxious or victimized or unworthy. And now that's the lens you view the world. And so when opportunity comes past and maybe it's for a great relationship, you self-sabotage because you're not actually self-sabotaging your unconscious mind says that could potentially cause us pain because that reminds us of what my mom said or my dad said or that other friend or girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife said. And so we then do something stupid to make it not work because that would be easier than making it work. And at all times, we are running this automatic program. Now, I've just shared a ton of information that so many people are like, what? I didn't get that. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen. And all I want you to take away is this. How are you feeling right now? How did you feel before this podcast? How did you feel for the last week? What about the last month, six months, year? And if that dominant feeling of yours, and I don't mean the quick one that comes to your head like, yeah, awesome, great. The one, the answer you give at the grocery store, at the local pub. I'm saying the one that you think when you by yourself. Am I happy? Am I proud of myself? Am I doing well? Do I feel joyful, courageous? Do I feel unworthy, not enough? Those feelings are driving every single action, every single behavior that you have today. I repeat this as many times I can on as many platforms as I can. If you want to change your life, you have to change how you feel about your life. If you want to change something in your life, you have to change the thing that you're thinking about and make it a different feeling because it's going to create a different neurological network. You're going to look for new information. You're going to find new behaviors. You're even going to access different parts of your brain and make different decisions. The whole world is built on a formula of thoughts produce feelings. Thoughts and feelings drive all human behavior. You think a thought, the brain says, well, we have to now tell the body how to react to that thought. So it puts a chemical into the body. That's the emotion. And then the body feels scared or anxious or nervous. It goes into fear, fight or flight, and then it reacts. I believe there's two ways to live your life. You can either live your life purposefully, carefully, calculatedly, planning who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What do you want your life to look like? And then move forward in that direction, knowing that that's the end goal. And then you can measure your success and make corrective action or steps towards it and meet it taking companies from making no money to making billions or from no love to falling in love or taking an idea and turning it into something that is driving value and meaning, not only in their life, but in the lives of the people that are around them. And all of that is only possible if you can understand that to create anything in life, you have to change either your thought or your feeling because it's going to change your behavior. Industries are built in stopping you from ever being able to achieve what you want to achieve. Gyms in themselves They say, come and get a gym membership. Come and join us in the hopes that 80% of the people will buy a membership and never step into the membership. The 80% float the gym. They make them profitable. The 20% of the gym is actually go to the gym workout and those are their people. But it's the 80% of the people that are sitting on the couch, eating a bag of potato chips that are never going to go that the entire industry thrives on. Entire industries are built around you never being able to change. And so I want you to think about that. If you want to change anything in your life, You don't have to change your behavior. Go to the gym, work out, eat this, drink this protein shake, do these things, buy this, you know, ab cruncher. Those are behaviors, actions, actions, actions. You want to change anything, change how you think, change how you feel. And if you change those, you will take very different actions, very different behaviors. And so if you go to my website, rudyricksteens.com, and you go into the shop section, Uh, you can download a book. It's called Reset Your Life, Reset Your Mind. You can also go in and download a course. The book is free. The course uh, is for sale on our website, but it walks you through the exact way of how to be able to curate what is your perfect morning. I just want to leave your audience with this. Every day you wake up and the first 20 minutes of your day dictates how you're going to think and how you're going to feel. And people pick up their cell phones, turn on the news. You know, They have a conversation with their spouse, they step on some Legos like, and they go into a, a Tiz and they walk outside and they spill coffee on their shirt and that's it. The day's ruined. We might as well restart the day. And all I want you to know is that if you change what you did in the very first 20 minutes of your day through the program that I have called Priming and you reset how your mind thinks and you carefully, purposefully, calculatedly choose what you want your day to look like, what you want your life to feel like and you start feeling like that now, before you get it, you feel it now, you're going to be aligned to be able to have it. My life is very abundant. My life is very fruitful. My life is very joyful. My life is everything I've ever wanted it to be. Not because all of a sudden, one day somebody came in and made me have an abundance of friends, an abundance of love, an abundance of joy, and an abundance of money. No, those things only came because... I one day woke up and felt abundant. I one day woke up and felt joyful. And I one day said, man, I love how I feel. How can I share that? How can I spread that? And that's how I was able to create meaning and value in my life. That's how I filled my cup. It started with me every single day learning, what does it look like to be Rudy? What does it feel like to be Rudy? I started doing meditating and journaling to save my life because I was so unhappy, so miserable that I would go into my mind and sit on a chair and close my eyes and imagine a different world, a different reality, a different life, a different business, different friends, because that felt better than the life I was living. It felt so good in my mind that when I opened my eyes, I felt like somebody living that life. Then I started taking very different actions and my life started to change. Business partners that were toxic left. Businesses that weren't thriving began to thrive. You know, my wife and I, our relationship just blossomed. My friends came in and out of my life in the most beautiful and miraculous way. And I didn't have to take any actual steps to to create any of those shifts and changes. They just organically happened. But I realized I then became a magnet, a vibrational match to those things that I wanted. And this isn't the law of attraction. This is understanding you are what you most think. You are what you most feel and that you live in this vibrational universe and that every single thing on the planet is vibrating same thing atoms the number of vibrations and how fast they vibrate that is what comprises the entire universe and so if you want to just feel what does it feel like to be abundant you don't have to be abundant you just have to ask yourself what would that feel like who would i be what would i do i want to challenge you to do this today how would you stand if you right now were the most abundant person if you had more money than Elon Musk how would you stand How would you walk? What would you say? Not what would you wear and where would you go? How would you stand? And why don't you stand like that right now? Why don't you feel like that right now? I was asking somebody the other day who wanted to create something and they brought me into their business and we've got a really big goal to go and move their life forward. And I said, okay, how are you going to feel when we achieve that goal? And then they told me how they're going to feel. And I was like, that's awesome. How could you feel like that right now? Like, well, no, I couldn't because I've never done that. Like what in your life right now feels the same as that? All of a sudden, we had 15 things on a piece of paper, children, you know, a house, cars. Then all of a sudden it shifted from, you know, children, house, and cars to projects and things they'd never told anybody about, books they're working on. And now all of a sudden the life became very fruitful. And at the end of that conversation, they realized what they've been chasing, they already have. They just weren't looking for it. They weren't paying attention to it. Now I know that that big goal that we've created for them and their company, they're gonna achieve it in absolutely no time because the laws of the universe will bring it in. It will magnetically draw that to them because how you feel will bring you more opportunity to feel that way. If you're feeling resentful, frustrated, angry, pissed off, oh, well, the universe is gonna bring you more things to piss you off. And if you're feeling joyful and abundant, more things are gonna come to make you feel joyful and abundant. And that's it, man. I'm gonna encourage you. Go to my website, download the course, grab a copy of the book and do something with it. And if you're not in Gavin's program, sign up for it, man, and do that because I'm going to tell you now, you've got to take action. You've got to take committed action every day to be able to create the change in your life that you're looking for.
1: I'm absolutely psyched, Rudy. Can you give us the Instagram handle again and your website? Yep. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and put it in the show notes because this is a doozy. It is
2: at Rudy Ricksteins. That is R-U-D-I-R-I-E-K-S-T-I-N-S. And my website is just rudyricksteins.com.
1: It's there. Go and check it out, people. And Rudy, thank you so much for your energy here today and your wisdom and knowledge and the good work you do, man. I really enjoyed this conversation with you. And uh, I'm I'm excited for what's to come for you because you're not done yet by a long shot so i look forward to following your work and and seeing the impact that you continue to create to create in this world so thank you so much
2: i appreciate you brother you have an amazing day thank you for your time